Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 234. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. We're halfway through the summer, more or less. Yay, because that means we're all so much closer to the start of the school year. You know, that stress-free time when you bundle your little ones up with their new number two pencils and their, you know, shiny new backpacks and their tissues and, you know, wipes and face shields and masks and hazmat suits and, you know, giant metal barriers that they're, you know, boxes that they're strapped inside with wheels on them so they can move around and not interact with anyone and don't breathe on anybody. Yeah, so totally stress-free time. Don't know about you. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have kids. Some of you don't. Some of you are teachers and some of you are not. I have both kids and teachers in my family, so um, a little stressful right now figuring out what's going to happen with the school year. So we'll see. But as I always say, through it all, no matter what else is going on, we've always got Atari games. So let's start talking about one of those. But first, the news. Oh, that's right. I don't have any news. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. You guys are invited, by the way, to offer any news items that you want uh, me to discuss from week to week. Remember that the uh, production of the episode usually is about a week ahead from when you're hearing it. But uh, if you have anything in particular you want me to talk about, give me a shout out. Alright then, I guess we'll just get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Fatal Run. This is another, you know, sort of end of the 2600 era game. This one's from 1989. By Atari, of course. Something I read said this was the only 32k game released for the 2600. People who are more qualified than I can talk about the uh, import of that. I can tell you the game looks pretty good. Jumping ahead, uh, it's more or less just pole position with machine guns, uh, basically. Focuses less less on beating a certain time in a race and more on saving humanity. So, you know, there's that. So how do you play this sucker? The manual is very cool. It has sort of this futuristic, at least for that, for 1989, futuristic, sort of sleek car racing down a track, followed by another similar-looking car, and there's explosions in the air and dark clouds and stuff. It's all very ominous. And here's why. The year is 2089. A collision with a comet has left the Earth reeling from radiation poisoning. There's little hope for humanity's survival. It's up to you to help the few remaining people. I wonder who's running the gas stations for these cars that are driving around, if all this other stuff is going on. But anyway, and, and does that gas station have an adequate supply of cheese popcorn and beef jerky and condoms? So many questions. Moving on. You must leave the protective fortress Albagon. All right. The protective fortress Albagon and deliver the newly developed radiation vaccine to the survivors. Your journey will not be an easy one. Nefarious henchmen are waiting to... Henchmen for whom? So many questions, like I said. Nefarious henchmen are waiting to knock you off and steal the vaccine to ensure that they will survive to rule the planet. Every driver on the road is out to get you. Your only hope is to get them first. 
you must find the rocket poised to launch a satellite that can nullify the effects of this cosmic accident that turned the world upside down. Wait, I thought you were delivering a vaccine. Very confused. If you're sharp enough to learn the secret code words and tough enough to live to use them, you can launch the rocket and save the world. Good luck. Humanity is in your hands. Alright, so it seems like they developed the concept for this uh, game and they're like, yeah, you gotta get the vaccine delivered to the people. And they're like, later they had another meeting and they're like, no, you gotta launch a rocket. Yeah, I get to the rocket and launch that. That's really what we're doing. But they never went back and changed the first part of the story, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of sloppy writing, quite honestly. Sorry, Steve Aguirre, programmer of this game. So, you get your Atari 2600 cartridge, or in my case, you turn on your flashback, and you start the game up. Using the joystick controller, of course, for this one. Wow, they go into a lot of detail in this manual about how to start the game. The first thing you see is a screen that offers you the chance to start a new game or resume the old game, meaning you can begin the game at a specific level. If you press resume, the code selection screen appears to identify the level code shown after every fourth run during the game position. The square character selector next to the number or letter you want to choose up to seven characters, then press the fire button. Select the asterisk character and press the fire button to start the game. Or you know what, you could just start a new game every time. When you complete the game, press reset to return to the title and option selection screen. During play, press reset if you wish to restart the game. The object of the game is to drive through all 32 levels and release the life-saving satellite. Along the way, you must distribute the radiation vaccine. Okay, so they have reconciled the two stories. I feel much better now. Along the way, you must redistribute the, vac uh, the radiation vaccine throughout the major cities. You minor cities can suck it. We're not going to help you. While collecting the pieces of the launch code, if you complete the code and all levels, the satellite launches and you win the game. Use the controller to maneuver your vehicle to remove to maneuver your vehicle. Move the directional control forward to accelerate and back to brake. Move the directional control left or right to move the car in that direction. When the directional control is in the center position, the car will coast. Your car is also equipped with a machine gun. Press the fire button to fire at the enemy. The status display at the bottom of the screen gives you information you need to plan your strategy and complete your run. The status display shows your current score and the speed at which your car is traveling. In addition, you can see the status of your car's engines, tires, and armor. The number of shots you have left and the amount of fire or fuel remaining in your car. Also, you receive a 10-point reward for each road segment you pass over. There are 180 segments at each level in each level, so completing a level results in 1,800 bonus points. The status display shows the percentage of points which you have not yet received. As you move from city to city, you will encounter various obstacles. The black patches on the screen are oil slicks, which can damage your tires. Yellow and white striped roadblocks should be avoided at all costs. If you hit one of these, it can damage your car severely. Roadside obstacles include houses, trees, and other hazards. Hitting obstacles will damage your car and slow you down. You must also be on the lookout for henchmen. They will try to run you off the road, often banding together to stop your progress. Press the fire button to destroy the enemy vehicles with machine gun fire. If you run out of ammo, you can destroy the car in front of you with a power surge. To power surge, hold down the fire button and move the directional control forward. If you fail to power surge the car in front, you may crash, damaging your vehicle. If an enemy car comes up behind you, you can destroy it by pulling back quickly on the directional control to brake. 
To survive a side attack, you must smash into the vehicle and destroy it. If the enemy gets you first, you will receive damage. You can also receive 20 bonus points for permanently passing an enemy car. To do this, you must stay ahead of him until he disappears off the bottom of the radar. If he comes up from behind and passes you again, you receive no bonus points. Look for yellow diamonds along the side of the road. You will see diamonds after you destroy enemy vehicles. Grab one of these to restore your car engine and armor. In addition, you can replace your fuel and ammunition by running over dots along the way. Green dots replace bullets. Blue dots replace fuel. If you still have fuel remaining when you run over a blue dot, you receive 20 bonus points. If you have run out of fuel, you receive no bonus points. Once you reach a city, the screen will display the city's status. If you reach the city in time to save any of the inhabitants, the survivors appear on screen. You receive bonus points for each person you save. You can use your bonus points to upgrade the condition of your vehicle or purchase fuel. If you arrive too late to save the city, fewer survivors appear and you receive fewer bonus points. After you receive your bonus points, you press the fire button. A message from headquarters appears on your screen. Read the message, then press the fire button. The vehicle upgrade screen appears to upgrade your vehicle or purchase fuel. Move the controller up or down until your selection highlights. Then move your controller right to purchase the highlighted item. After purchasing upgrades, highlight the word go and press the fire button. If you arrive safely at the rocket house, rocket base, the rocket will launch the world saving satellite and you will win the game. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. I don't know where that came from. Uh, strategy. Learn which store items you need to purchase at the, in the cities. If you are really good at acquiring the off-road yellow diamonds, you may only need to purchase better tires and fuel at most stops. Watch out for cars. Behind you, uh, quick braking will destroy them without damaging your car. Learn to power surge. Head-on collisions hurt more than just your car's defensive, expensive paint job. Go off the right side of the road immediately after destroying an enemy vehicle and you might get a valuable diamond. I did not get far enough to get to the cities to mess around with this purchasing stuff, but it sounds like a nice addition that obviously you never saw in pole position. Scoring ranges from, looks like 10 points for ramming an enemy car or shooting an enemy car up to 500 points for picking up a yellow diamond. After you finished each level, you will have accumulated 1800 points for the road segments completed within that level. And that is how you play Fatal Run. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast. All about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K, podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Atari Protos, I guess this is where I read the thing about the 32K game. They say that the, uh, this is the only Atari game in history uh, to be released for the 2600 in 32K. The first 2600 games were only 2K. However, they say, did you know that Fatal Run wasn't the largest 2600 game ever released? That honor goes to the monstrous 64K Mega Boy 
educational cartridge, which was only released in Brazil. However, most of that memory is used for storing trivia questions. It really isn't as impressive as it sounds. Unfortunately, neither is Fatal Run. Oh, snap. That's a burn. little summary of the game. Fatal Run can best be described as Mad Max meets pole position. Confession time here. I've never seen Mad Max. I know Mad Max Fury Road is supposed to be like an amazing cinematic event. I didn't see it because I never saw Mad Max. I know, I'm a, a, a less than perfect human for this, but uh, there it is. Podcasts are nothing, if not opportunities for confession. So there's mine. Although Fatal Run, Atari Proto says, is one of the largest, is one of the biggest 2600 games ever released, it certainly isn't the most impressive. One has to start wondering why this game requires 32K in the first place. And while Fatal Run isn't a bad game, it just doesn't seem to have the polish that many later 2600 games had, and seems more like a rush job. Notice how the driving game engine almost seems to have been ripped directly from pole position. Advanced features like an in-game password system and opening and closing scenes just can't hide the fact that the game isn't very good. Blocky graphics and boring gameplay simply don't add up to fun, no matter how many how much memory you cram into a cart. Maybe there's a reason Fatal Run was only released overseas. Wow, take that overseas, people. You got our crappy Atari games. Ha ha ha! Trump would be so happy. That's all me saying that, by the way. Not Atari Protos. 8-Bit Central, though, gives the game 3.5 ships out of 5. The question beckons, they observe, why are you delivering the vaccine via an, via an F1 light race car? Anyhow, your goal is a race against time, but the other cars are trying to knock you off the road. Again, removing the notion that you're in a race against the other cars. Nope, you're just trying to stay alive. Despite relatively unspectacular graphics, Fatal Run at 32K is one of the largest cartridges ever released for the 2600. Delivering vaccine in a race car, WTF. Opens with a very unusual screen for an Atari 2600 games. In today's gaming world, selecting a previous profile or save is common practice, but on a game console from the 70s, unheard of. Perhaps this is where some of that mammoth 32K went. As you start up, Fatal runs option screen to resume or start a new game. Wow, okay, the wow factor dissipates when you realize that the Fatal Run code screen simply takes you to predetermined places. But come on, that's pretty slick for an Atari 2600 game. The controls are pretty cool too. Shooting and slamming cars is the name of the game. Final judgment, Atari Fatal Run has a number of comple- complexities that go beyond the average 2600 game. It's hard to say where the memory sp- split actually lies, but I wish more of it went into the graphics. It's a fun game overall with the added sophistication of its gauges. It combines the fun of a racing game with shooter elements. Damn, I wish the graphics were better. All right, after the break, we search for the fatal flaw in Fatal Run. Then we run through some flawed words in a flawed story that still manages somehow, we hope, to avoid a fatal error. Run far, run fast. Fatal Run, this week on the podcast. Isn't it awesome looking? It can be any game you want. It's like a blue screen. You can put anything in front of it that you want. Martian landscape, alien attack, guys sitting around a table doing their taxes, whatever you want. It can be anything. Just kidding. We haven't turned on the game yet. So let's do that right now. Playing on the flashback again. Loading, loading. So many choices. 
Hey, Double Dunk, we did that last week. Alright, here we go. Get ready to dance. What do you think, Henry? Gonna have the moves? Henry's my cameraman today. He's in silent mode. Appears to be like maybe New Mexico or uh, I think it's Arizona. Yeah, kind of looks like an Arizona landscape there. Alright, well, this is fun. Let's just play the game. Fiddle Run 1989. This is another late era 2600 game. You have to do the What? You have to do Steve Aguirre. Okay, play the game. Your mission is to drive to each city delivering the much needed medication to save the people. Then launch the rocket to save the world. Got that, everybody? You turn this on and you're like, whoa, this is pole position. Because it looks a lot like pole position. Except, check this out, you got machine guns. Never had that in pole position. It'd be nice if you could actually see the bullets. Because all you can hear is what actually is kind of weak uh, machine gun noise. So that's sort of disappointing. I do like the feature where you can destroy enemy vehicles by just smashing into them. I asked you before we started today, Henry, if you remembered pole position. You did not. What do you think of the look of this game? Get out of my way. If you could just do that to cars on the road. Get out of my way. Yeah, no trouble. I'm out of bullets. Bummer, man. Alright, well, that was a less than impressive round of Fatal Run. But you get the idea. We'll talk more about it in the episode. But first, let's dance. Alright, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. 
And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Fatal Run. I get what both those reviewers were saying. I don't know much about programming. Okay, I don't know anything about programming. Other than, you know, I, I've mentioned before, I did take a one-semester Apple programming class in the late 80s in high school. So, you know, I don't want to brag, but I do have that experience. I get that 32K is a lot for an Atari 2600 game. How much more you should be able to do with that versus the typical size Atari game, I don't know. I, I don't see a whole lot on the screen that you don't get in most other, maybe not most, in a lot of other Atari games. That said, it looks pretty good to me. It is a very interesting new take on what is obviously just pole position. It looks exactly like pole position, except with machine guns and oil slicks. But I appreciate pole position itself is fun. I, I like pole position, so I got no problem with playing that game again with some extra treats. And you get that with this game. I will probably play it some more to try and get to the cities and, you know, mess around with trying to buy upgrades to the car and stuff. I, I think it's got a lot going for it. I also get that maybe the play, gameplay isn't that hard, and maybe it's easy to get bored with after a while. I haven't played it long enough to get bored yet. So, you know, I don't really grade games on the show, but I'd give this one a decent grade if I were going to. Probably average to above average, especially for 1989 when Atari was pretty much done with 2600 and they were just kind of phoning it in, you know, focusing on their other stuff at that point. Uh, it's not a bad game. Um, if you guys have thoughts about Fatal Run or Mad Max, let me know. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, Vaccine Valentine. The hand-lettered banner misspelled vaccine, but the sentiment was there. In bold purple letters, the sign read simply, Yay, Vakeen. The newsreader looking out over the crowd assembled on the plaza outside Human Control Corp shook her head at the misspelling and leaned into the microphone. After months and months of illness and worry, it's fair to say much of the world is relieved that Human Control Corp has announced a new vaccine. One of the newscaster's producers coughed up a kidney. Then he cued the next segment before passing out. The newsreader plowed ahead. Yes, many will be very relieved. But is the vaccine too little, too late? Joining us now is Dr. Lola Lassiter, head of the Federal Division of Science people are suspicious of. Dr. Lassiter, welcome to Actionable News. So, is this vaccine a magic bullet? Dr. Lassiter chuckled as she set down her Mai Tai. A magic bullet? My goodness, no. We already invented that to hide the evidence after a political assassination. The doctor suddenly realized what she had said. Oh, 
She furtively glanced over at the shadowy figure in the dark suit, chain-smoking in the corner. He shook his head and slipped away into shadows even murkier than his own. The newscaster had to lean back in her chair, the wireless mic picking up the squeak of her chair, so that she could look Dr. Laster in the face as they talked. The doctor now was hiding behind the chair. But Dr. Lassiter, has your division signed off on this human control corpse new, va- new vaccine? Of course, we sign off on everything they do, the doctor said. As a graphic appeared on screen showing the monolithic human control corp HQ high atop a hill and angry villagers approaching it from below with pitchforks, the newscaster said, Some people have criticized your company's vaccine, haven't they? Have they? The doctor asked as she made the dust bunnies behind the set look a bit more like tiny little actual bunnies. How so? You suck, a man shouted as he walked through the studio. Vaccines are the tool of the oppressor. Then he fell on his face as he tripped over the coffee cart because he was staring at his phone instead of where he was going. Also, his face fell off. The Keurig coffee maker toppled off the cart and cracked when it hit the floor. The entire production crew wept. Look, Dr. Laster said. Take bunnies like this one. She held up one of her dust bunny creations. Only, you know, with blood and organs and stuff. The company tested our vaccine on like a bazillion of these things. Most of them died, but then we did the same thing with like 14 whole humans who needed the cash, and they were fine so far. What about the worries that vaccines are inherently unsafe, that they have unintended dangerous side effects, the newscaster said. How can you be sure this vaccine is safe? The newscaster's newsreader monotone rippled just a bit into emotion territory. Dr. Lassiter stood finally, brushed the dust and old chewing gum and a prophylactic wrapper from behind the set off her pants, and looked the newscaster in the eye. Look, she said, I'm not a politician. I wasn't hired as a spy or a secret agent, or some sort of uh, mad scientist type. I can't even grow a good scraggly beard. But I get it. Vaccines are scary. Human Control Corp? Big time scary. The federal government? Slightly clownish at times. But the world is a mess right now. People are sick and dying. I have a cousin who looks like a frog now because of all this. I mean, it's not all bad. Flies are cheaper than gourmet cheeseburgers. Sitting around watching it happen isn't an option. I would never sign off on this vaccine if I didn't believe it was safe and necessary. The newscaster put a finger to her earpiece, as if that would help her hear better, but mostly just looked like a thing news people on TV do. She looked at the camera and said, I'm being told the crowd has moved out from the plaza and reassembled on the side of the road. We are told the first batch of vaccine is being delivered this morning to the plaza from a production facility across the country. Delivering such a valuable product by road is a dangerous proposition these days, of course, what with the roving bandits, hijackers, and a scarcity of beef jerky in convenience stores. Although we would expect that the vaccine might at least be arriving in some sort of armored truck, we're told actually it will arrive just moments from now in a car the company describes as, quote, that car from Knight Rider coming down from a cocaine bender. Dr. Lassiter pulled a hood over her head and put on dark glasses as she bolted from the TV studio. The newscaster pressed her earpiece again. I'm being told a vehicle is approaching over the horizon. This could be the first delivery of the life-saving vaccine that will usher in a new age of hope and health. The crowd roared as engines could be heard in the distance. It started low and unsure, but as the vehicle approached, the noise crescendoed. The vehicle dodged dinocopters, mercury landmines, other things that go boom. 
An irradiated zombie gorilla crapped on the vehicle's windshield, and yet it kept on rolling. The cheers were deafening as the vehicle rolled to a stop in front of a human control corp. The driver hopped out and delivered a zombie Amazon package to Becky Carruthers in purchasing, who simply loves the value-packed radiation gloves zombie Amazon offers. They even come with a code for a free MP3 of high-pitched squealing that will keep the mutants away at night. Meanwhile, somewhere near Cincinnati, the sleek, low-to-the-ground, perfectly free of mutant slime car commissioned by Human Corp was parked by the side of the road. Its driver, Brent, was trying desperately to change the flat tire before the hill people came down, stole his car, and restocked the convenience stores with human jerky. Brent had just gotten the second lug nut back on the wheel when hot breath on his neck told him he might not get the third one. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Run on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review of this show. Not leaving five stars won't be fatal, but we'd sure like it if you'd leave five stars. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram because, you know, once in a while I do put something up there. Don't forget you can call and leave us a voicemail too. 563-265-1978. I'll never, ever answer the phone. But you can leave a message about pretty much any damn thing you want, and there's a good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What are you going to find there? Stuff like uh, information, social media, episode links, whatnot for this show, Atari Bytes, and my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. You will also find uh, information about various things that I've been up to, including books that I've written and links to some places that you can order them. So I would appreciate if you would check all that out. And, you know, not going to lie, I'd like it if you'd pick up a book or two. Speaking of things that would make me happy, please consider supporting the show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Patreon project over there at patreon.com. If you do, you have a chance at getting episodes early. You also have a chance at bonus content, including video of the field report every week um, there's other stuff up there too it's been a while but i have an ongoing series of commentaries about the very strange pac-man the ghostly adventures cartoon series those are up there uh more coming at some point the field reports on video like i said uh, and you never know what else will pop up there and if you're a patreon subscriber you could get access to some of that so thank you in advance and thank you in present for my current patrons, Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. You guys are awesome. All right, all that's left before we get out of here is to tell you what's next on the show. So let's do that next time on Atari Bytes. Frog Pond. Yep, I'm pretty sure there's a frog and a pond and stuff happens. Or not. Maybe not much happens at all. We'll find out next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.